a rock or a stone. Take your pick. Some people call it a boulder, maybe a rock. And this is a smaller rock. So this represents Jesus Christ, our cornerstone. Because we want to have the strongest and the most biggest cornerstone possible for our house to be built on. And this is us. This is me. The little stone here. And Jesus talks about the, the stone. Jesus talks about the cornerstone. Where Peter does. I'll let you guys... Let's go back a little bit in, in Peter's uh, first chapter here. Because uh, when we talk about God's word, we, we talk about, um, let's see, we talk about the, the flesh. We talk about the glory of men. We talk about other things where he does. When I say I, I meant he, Peter. And let's go back to the, the verse 22 in chapter 1. See, when we are purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. That, that's the key right here, to endure the word, to endure anything that comes your way. Love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, which was Adam and Eve when they sinned, but to the incorruptible, which was Jesus Christ through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. See, there is another key. Lives and abides forever with God, word. Because all flesh, this flesh here, is as grass. Now, if you look out front, our grass was kind of deteriorated because we had a yard sale. So it it's, looks like it was old. But it's going to come back to life, I believe. It might die. I don't know. It did last time. But. And then this is all glory of man as the flowers of the grass. And I bought my wife some roses for her anniversary this week. And I, they're going to last maybe three, four days, maybe, if we keep them watered or if I keep them watered. And eventually they're going to die. They're going to be I don't know if you've ever seen roses just go so, you know, it, it, they, they're going to die. And that's what it is. And it flo uh, the flowers fall away. But we could count on this, guys. The word of the Lord endures forever. And that, that's the stage here where Peter talks about to get into chapter 2. Now, this is the word which by gospel which was preached to you. Now, Peter's talking to the Jews that's out and he says, hey, I preached the word to you, and the gospel was preached to you guys. So here's the deal. Therefore, this is what you got to do. Now, I, don't get me wrong when I say works gives salvation. It has nothing to do with that. It's saying this, when you, when you have your salvation, when you have all this, this is what you need to do. This is your new character. This is what you need to change. Lying aside all malice. All deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. 
Okay? And in verse 2, it says, As newborn babies desires pure milk of the word that you may grow. Thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, I gave a, a little brief uh, insert this morning at about 8, 810. You have formula. You have different types of formulas out there on the stores. Then you have the woman's breast milk, right? The woman's breast milk is pure. It's, it's great for the baby. It gives them all their nutrition. It gives them everything that they need to be immune for the first, first few months, right? Am I correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. And, um, and a woman would love to breastfeed as long as possible because it is the best nourishment for somebody, for a baby, for a newborn, for even up to six months. Now, I've seen babies be breastfeed till the age of two. You know, honestly, I have seen that. You know, and it each to the family's makeup and how they feel comfortable. But that's the best pure milk you can get. But eventually he has to go to get meat, potatoes, steak, cheeseburgers, hamburgers, fries, the good stuff, pizza, you know. So that, that's the stuff. Eventually he's going to have to eat all that stuff. Or maybe tuna casserole. <laughs> or pea salad. Everybody tried pea salad before? Eggs and peas together? Forget it. But anyways, it, it's, it's, you've got to get off the newborn milk. You've got to get off the pure milk. But Jesus is saying, hey, desire the pure milk of the, of the word that you may grow there for. Now, pure word, pure milk, people don't read the Bible like they used to. They're hoping somebody will put a little verse on Facebook. Oh, I had my scripture done today. Or... They make a statement on Facebook. Oh, I'm done. Or you get a little devotion in the email, and it's just one scripture. But that they, they get in a rut like this. They get in a stuff. If you are a true Christian, we need to dig into God's word. We do. We need, we need to read from the Genesis to Revelation and dig into the the meet or find a Bible study and do a Bible study with someone or a group of people. Now, I know COVID-19 is still out there, but there are some underground, like I heard the word this week, underground churches and underground Bible studies. Now, I don't know about that, but, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's weird. You know, this lady says a couple weeks ago, is there any underground churches in Biggs? What do you mean underground churches? You sound like we're in the 1960s again. You know, and no, we're just standing up for what we believe in and what we believe our church should be doing and how we should operate under the Lord's authority. Now, as an adult, we have that choice of whether to come or not. And if you're sick, by means, don't come. Watch us here. And if you're not feeling well, please stay home. But if you want to come and you want to join us, we have all the necessities for you when you get here. We got plenty of room. We got seats empty. You know, we got masks. We got hand sanitizer. <laughs> Speaking of hand sanitizer, I was at Ross. 
and we was checking out, and we, we washed our hands and put the sanitizer, and apparently I just kind of glanced over and says, they got one of those clothes things on the sanitizer. So if you walk out the door with your clothes, it goes off. And then they had the big bottle, it was a big bottle of sanitized lotion locked up to the register. <laughs> I said, man, somebody's going to take that from you? But I could see why, because you could, you, if you had one yourself, you probably could sell it for about 30 bucks like they do on Amazon. So, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. But we got to stand up for who we are and who, are, who is our boss. Because when everything's said and done, Christ is our boss. Christ is going to judge us when we meet him in heaven. And he will judge us. Now, back to my stone. Took a little sidetrack here. It says in verse chapter, chapter 2, verse 4, if you've, if you've ever flown on an airplane, you're familiar with the mandatory announcements. Sometimes you hear something funny comment, like these actual comments. Welcome aboard Southwest Airlines Flight 247 to operate your seatbelt. Insert the metal tabs into the buckle and pull tight. If you don't know how to operate one, you really shouldn't be out in public unsupervised. Delta Airline is pleased to have some of the best flight attendants in the industry. Unfortunately, none of them are on this flight. These are off the internet. In the event of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, masks will descend from the ceiling. Stop screaming, grab the mask, and pull it over your face if you have a small child traveling with you Secure your mask before assisting with theirs. If you are traveling with more than one small child, pick your favorite. These are really cheap ones. After a hard landing, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Amerial. Remain in your seat with your seat belts fastened while the cabin taxi what's left of our plane to the gate. Ooh. In the pressurized tube, we hope you think of the U.S. Airlines. In event of emergency water landing, your seat bottom can be used for a flotation device. In such an event, please paddle to shore and feel free to keep your seat bottom with your compliments. <laughs> That's the best one of all there. After hearing these statements, it's interesting that the American airline pilot was fired because he asked a Christian on the plane to identify themselves so if anyone's interested in talking to them could do so. Some passengers were offended, and he lost his job. Why do people get upset over the mention of Jesus Christ or being a Christian? Why do they get upset about it? We're not hurting anyone. We're not hurting anybody in our service. We're not preaching to people only when they come voluntarily come into our place of worship. So it's the... But why do they get upset? I have no clue. We don't get upset with other uh, denominations. Now, my brother and I will get back and forth at each other. And I tell him where I'm coming with blue jeans. And he'd be in a shirt and tie and slacks. And I'm coming in blue jeans and a shirt. You know? You ever try to wear a jacket in Gulfport, Mississippi? When the humidity is at 100% and 100 degrees outside, they wear a jacket and a tie. <sighs> not me, not this guy. 
But anyways, that's the way it is. The reason we find in our text, Peter explains that for some people, Jesus is the stepping stone. And to others, he is a stumbling stone. God's rock, we call it. Peter is writing about spiritual growth that and begins in this section by writing, as you come to him, Jesus, the living stone. Peter employs a participle when he communicates the idea that you don't simply come to Jesus over and over again. He identifies Jesus as a living stone. Isn't that oxymoron or moron? An oxymoron is a combination of two simply contradicting words such as jumbo shrimp. <coughs> I love that. Freezer, burn, pretty ugly, athletic scholarship, and a living stone. There's my stone right there. Jesus is our cornerstone right here. Now, if you ever watch YouTube videos, you can see them make a house. They're always starting in the corner when they build a house, do they not? Because that's where the foundation is. That's where they drop a little, shoot, I had it in my head, uh, a plumb line. When that plumb line is even, they start building. Am I right there, Pastor Rick? The plumb line allows you to continue building if it's even? I'm getting there. See, I know a little bit about construction, but don't have to make your house. You know. And Jesus is the corner house. The Isaiah, God's promise to choose and lay precision cornerstone in Zion. Zion is a word for temple area of Jerusalem. And one day that will happen. Cornerstone, lithios, means rock and which means the best cornerstone. So this is going to be our cornerstone here. This is Jesus, the big rock, the big boss. In Matthew 6, 17, let's go there. We have your Bibles. says Jesus answered and said to him blessed are you Simon Barjona for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it some people assume Jesus was talking about Peter being the foundation of the church. Quite opposite. Christ is the foundation of our church. He's giving Peter a nickname here. Many people believe that Peter was the first pope based on this scripture, based on these words. It's clear to you that your study of the words, Jesus was not calling Peter the foundation. He was making a contrast. Jesus has given Simon a nickname of Peter, which means the rock. But I think, I, I'll go this route. I won't give Peter too much credit, but I will. This is Peter. This is Jesus. So I won't give him too much, too much. But he's, he's taken a lot of criticism as we speak. So he's doing good. We'll probably call him Rocky. But the word Petros means a small rock. See, I got it right. 
It's the kind of rock that you pick up and throw at a dog. Now, please don't do this at home. Okay, that will hurt the dog. And it probably will upset Emma. Huh. Do you throw rocks at dogs? Oh, good. Good choice. I don't either. Now, some people will shoot BB guns at dogs and cats. I've seen it happen. And even shoot my window, too. We don't use pebbles to do a foundation. Jesus used another word, Petra, to describe the foundation of the church. It was a word that meant a stratum of rocks. I think if you have been there that day, you've been, you will see Jesus pointing his finger to Peter when he said, you are Peter. And he had pointed at himself and says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Wow, how can that get any better than that? I tell you what, when they built this church, they built it in cinder blocks. And it's pretty sturdy. It lasted from 19, I want to say 1950s, or even younger, they built this thing, and it hasn't budged. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it tells us something else. Verse 11, chapter 3, verse 11, it reads, for, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. It is amazing to consider that construction genuine of ancient builders. If you see the seven, sci- seven wonders of the world, you, you know that they knew how to build things back then. They even knew how to build houses back then a lot stronger than what you built half the day. I don't know if you've been in a house that was built in 1920s and the house you built in today. A big, complete difference. Code changes and everything. Now the house has got to have USB ports, have solar. It's got to have all this that 1920 houses didn't have. They would made sure that the house was built stronger than having to worry about if you got internet in the house when you build it. I think that's right. Because my house is a lot different than a 1920s house. It's stronger. It's heavier. Jesus is stronger and heavier than the little pebbles. You know? A few years ago, as a project for PBS, some builders decided to try to duplicate the building of an ancient ape. Egyptian pyramids using only the methods available 3,000 years ago. That would have been a challenge. Okay? Just like they built the Noah's Ark back in Tennessee. People will say that told me it's humongous. And they took this ark and they built it according to the scale that the Genesis gave them. And it's humongous. You kind of look up like that. They got a commercial <laughs> out there advertising people to go see this, and they have a group of giraffes come in, and the dad looks at the ark and he goes, ah, and he falls because it's so big. It's amazing what we can do today. It was probably was even more amazing back then for them to build this stuff. You know? 
back to the pyramid, they, they were doing this, and then 25 days into the project, when it was apparently they had miscalculated the angle of the cornerstone, <coughs> the cornerstone, and as a result, the project was a failure. Now, I don't know if you ever watched DYI's channel or uh, uh, it's a channel where you could go, they have different programs and uh, they, they show projects of people who had built things and they neglected to check out what kind of area they built. For example, they built a, uh, a, a all glass uh, part uh, business center. It was all glass. So they forgot about the sun, how the sun will come in and hit the glass. As the process, they hit the, the sun hit the glass, and it made a lot of the small businesses and other things around them, temperature goes went way up because of the sun hitting the glass and causing the heat. And it's very interesting how their measurements, if they didn't get it right, they will have it incorrectly. The stumbling block. Actually, let's go back. The capstone. In verse 7, Peter quotes Psalm 118 to give us another rock picture of Jesus. In this description, Jesus is seen as a capstone. A capstone was different from a cornerstone. A cornerstone was used for a foundation guide and was first stone laid, but a capstone was the last stone laid. That was fascinating to hear this, especially when you, you see a lot of these houses get constructions, you know. The tallest structure that was ever built in our nation's capital is the Washington Monument, which is 550 feet tall. On December 6, 1884, the capstone for Washington Monument was set in place. A scaffold had been built so that the dignitaries could participate. The winds were gusting to almost 60 miles an hour the day of the ceremony, cer ceremony, making it dangerous endeavor. The capstone is nine feet pyramid containing 100 ounces of pure aluminum. In 1880, aluminum was a rare metal and was installed as part of the monument lighting protection system. Fascinating. Solomon's temple was built. You could read these stories in here besides the monument. The strange shaped stones being brought up from construction sites early in the process. So we've been building since eight since Noah. The Egyptians were building, and they used the Jews to build. Jesus is a stumbling block block for people. The rock that is a stumbling stone. Now I don't know if you guys ever walk in the dark by mistake, and you stumble over some rocks. Well, people in light that don't know Jesus sees the stumbling block, and they fall. And Jesus is not there to pick them up. You know, it's, it's sad, because they don't want to build their house on a rock. They'd rather build it on the sand and let it wash away. Another one. Our role as Christians, our role to help with the foundation of this block, the cornerstone with Jesus. Jesus is the rock. 
But now let us consider our role. Who are we and what are we doing in light of the fact that Jesus is our cornerstone, the capstone, the stumbling stone? The Bible answers this question in verse 5. You also like living stones are built, being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifice, acceptance to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the living stone, and we are chipped off the old block. might be the chip off this, but I don't think so. But anyways, that's what it is. God is using these living, lively stones to build up his church. We're all little stones here, living stones. It reminds me of scripture where God goes to this uh, area, and it's a, it's nothing but dead people. Nothing but skulls and bones and God erected them up, made them living. See, God has to make our life so much better in life. This COVID-19 that people sweat and have anxiety over, God can solve that anxiety in them. It may not be COVID-19. It may be somebody who's having a heart attack. It may be somebody in your family that's not saved. It may be somebody in the family that's sexual molestation. It may be somebody who is thinking of death. Give them the cornerstone of life so they could get past all this stuff in life. We are the chip off the old block here, and we need to show that. There are three dynamic pictures of the church in the New Testament. Starts with the B. The bride of Christ, the body of Christ, and the building of God. Don't be confused. The church is not a building like we're sitting in. We, the people, are like a building, but one stone doesn't make a building. We need to connect with other stones to make the house of God. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for you being the cornerstone, your son. We ask that you take this message and you use it to speak to our hearts through the week. And when we cross someone in our path, that we will mention Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you. 